Amen. Would you take your Bibles this evening? And let's get ready to get into the word of healing. We've been having healing meetings for months now on Friday night. And we've been having people healed for months now. We're going to stay with it. In uh, the New Testament, in the Gospel accounts, you'll find about 19 individual cases of healing recorded. Now, uh, a lot more people than 19 got healed in Jesus' ministry, of course. There are times and days where it said multitudes were healed. Sometimes it says great multitudes were healed. That's undoubtedly thousands of people. But we're not told who they were, what was wrong with them. It just says they got healed. But there are about 19, and I say about 19 because it depends on what you count and what you don't count. But only about 19 individual accounts where we're told who the person was, what was wrong with them, how they came to Jesus, what they said and did, and how Jesus ministered to them and how they received. So for months now, on our Friday nights, we've been camping out on this talking about, we call the series, Receiving and Ministering Healing. And we're learning from the best. Amen? Jesus. He's the best. And how many understand that if that's the way healing was ministered then, that's the way it'll be ministered now. If that's the way they received then, that's the way we'll receive now. And so we have camped on this one by one. And we're actually to number 19 tonight. And so if you hadn't been with us and you'd like to know what happened with number 1 through 18, thank God for tapes. (laughs) They are available. But let's look at three openings of Scripture this evening. Matthew 20, Mark 10, and Luke 8. Matthew 20, Mark 10, and did I say Luke 8? Should have said 18, excuse me. Luke 18. Matthew 20, Mark 10, Luke 18. Now, uh, something that we should uh, keep in mind, work on ourselves with, We have to watch in charismatic circles and word and faith circles. We get to this part of the service and people sometimes get a little too comfortable spiritually. It's like, well, okay, now let's hear teaching and let's be taught. Services are supposed to be more than teaching. Did you hear me? Yes, there will be teaching. And and Jesus did a lot of teaching and preaching. Doing anointed teaching and preaching is doing the works of Jesus. But that's not all. There's to be manifestation of the word. Amen. We're to be doers of the word. There's to be manifestations of the spirit. But uh, our mentality affects what we have. If all we expect is this, then it limits the Holy One of Israel. Limits the Holy Spirit. So we just should be open in our thinking. Open in our hearts. What's happening in the service now? Not just teaching. Whatever. God moving. And some of the greatest moves of God you don't even see. 
things happen deep in people's hearts. And they're changed forever. They don't think the same anymore. They don't believe the same anymore. And so they go out and they don't live the same anymore. And so over the course of days, weeks, months, and years, they wind up at a completely different place in life than they would have. And when it was initiated, nobody knew it sitting around them because it happened inside. But then also things happen that you can see outside. Amen. And then hear about and, and, and tests can show outside like arteries opening up. Like tumors dissolving. We released faith. Was it last week we released faith about tumors and growths dissolving? Huh? Sunday morning. You watch. We'll have a lot of good reports on that. Everybody said out loud. We'll have many good reports of tumors dissolving. Growths going away. Amen. We released our faith Sunday on some things there. So this account of healing that we believe we will not only hear but will have results from is the 19th in our study of the 19th. So what we're we going to do next Friday? Don't be concerned. <laughs> Did you know that people got healed in the book of Acts? Well, let's think about that then. Uh, <laughs> in uh, Matthew 20 and Mark 10 and Luke 18, all three of these, Matthew's account, Mark's account, Luke's account of the same healing of the blind men near Jericho. Now, the reason we say near Jericho is because we've already studied some blind men that got healed. These are different blind men that got healed. And we say near Jericho because that's where it happened and that's what the scripture says. The blind men near Jericho. Let's pray and show reverence and respect to the word before we begin reading this evening. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness and faithfulness to us. That you are here and that you are real and that you love us. You're our healer. You're so powerful. Nothing is too hard for you. Lord, uh, we look not at each other. I don't look to the people. Help them not to look to me. We all look to you. Our eyes are on you. And we say, Lord, we believe in you. We confess you as our wonderful healer and deliverer. Thank you for moving among us tonight. Open our eyes to see good things out of your word. Our ears to hear. Our hearts to receive. Give us revelation of truth that makes us free. Show us things we've not yet seen. Remind us of anything that you've shown us that we let slip or get away from us. And by your grace we'll not be hearers only but doers. And we know as we do we'll be blessed. In Jesus name. Amen. Oh hallelujah. Thank you Lord. Praise God. Everybody understand what we've just been talking about now wasn't just taking up time, or giving you a preliminary or introduction, we will get tonight and every service and every time what we believe for. Amen. We get what we believe for. And we don't all necessarily have to be jumping and shouting. We don't have to be screaming. We don't have to be running the aisles. There's all different kind of services and manifestations of the Spirit. But I mean, I've been in services where I didn't shout. I didn't, I didn't say anything loud, 
But man, the anointing was so strong on me. He didn't know what to do. Whether to cry or to laugh or do both at the same time. That's good too. I said, that's wonderful. Some of the deep things of God. The anointing can just get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger until you, you just go, whoo, glory. Matthew 20. We're going to read Matthew and then Mark and then in Luke 18 we'll begin to expound on it verse by verse. Matthew 20 and verse 29 the healing of the blind men near Jericho. Matthew 20, 29. And we're not just looking at this as a historical account. We're studying to see how do you receive a healing? And how do you minister healing? Matthew 20, verse 29. And they departed from Jericho. And a great multitude followed them. One translation said an immense crowd. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by. Well, we've seen that again and again when people heard something. This didn't begin in this verse. It really began when they heard something. Right? And you can mark in your own life, when you see miracles and changes and things that happen, uh, well, it didn't just happen when it happened in the physical realm, you can go back and see it really happened when you started hearing about that. I'm so glad I heard somebody teach about healing one day. I'm so glad I heard somebody teach about prosperity. I'm so glad I heard somebody tell about Jesus that he paid the price for my sins. That's when it really started. Amen. Because if I hadn't heard that, how, how will they believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? Thank God. Aren't you thankful for people that have told you in years past, decades past? Never never despise uh, anybody that God ever used to speak into your life and think that you've grown out beyond them or something and you don't know. Hey, if they hadn't helped you get started, you couldn't be where you are. So thank God for what they told you. They heard of Jesus. Oh, that's wonderful. Heard of Jesus. They passed by and they cried out. And they said, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. Have we seen that before in our study? We've heard a lot about mercy. Mercy and healing. And the multitude rebuked them. You know, you think when you hear something good about Jesus and you find out something good that everybody else would be happy too. But they're not. (laughs) And I'll just warn you and caution you. You know, you hang around this bunch. We've even been called that rich church. And we all said, say it again. (laughs) That, that rich church. Yep, that's us. And who goes to the rich church? The rich people. (laughs) Some people say that is a bad thing, don't they? Oh, it's rich people. That's those, those rich. That's that rich preacher. <laughs> Boy, if they only knew, if they only checked my account some days. <laughs> but then other days, when you live by faith, Amen. you learn to sow it all if the Lord says sow it. Right. Amen. Amen. 
But you know there's harvest time coming too. And we always have plenty. One thing about being a pipe that's always flowing a big volume. The pipe's always full. Right? A lot's flowing through there, but at any given time, the pipe is full. Too. That's the privilege and blessing of being a giver and being somebody God can use to meet other people's needs. But if you do, people will talk about you. You'll be persecuted for believing. <laughs> I see people laughing and nodding their heads all over while you, you already been experiencing some of this, hadn't you? And healing, if you believe in healing and miracles, are you talking tongues? Some folk will look at you narrowly. Oh, you're one of them. You go to that church. You go, you have the rich church. The Holy Ghost, tongue talking, healing, miracle, rich church. Why wouldn't you want to go to that church? You sure wouldn't want to go to the dead, sick, broke church. Would you? Well, then what's wrong? With the full of power talking in tongues. Healing and miracle in rich church. All churches are to be such. All churches. And it makes no difference what denomination. Makes no difference what name or what history. Any group that will start believing the word and start acting on it. God will do that in their church. Don't care what's on the door. Don't care what's on the sign. We've seen it. What was it? I don't know, a few years ago, we were up in New England area. And I spoke in a church. I was the first guest speaker they had had outside their denomination in 50 years. And while I was up there, I was wondering, what am I doing here? <laughs> These folk, they weren't charismatic and they weren't folk that professed believing in healing and miracles or any of these things or talking in tongues. And we're in a great big cathedral, stained glass windows, very reserved. <laughs> I, well, I won't tell all that, but there, there was some interesting things. They, they wanted me to go through like three committees before I spoke. And then committees afterwards to talk about what I had spoken. And just very, very too many committees. Amen. And, uh, but in a way, it worked out. And I tell you what, we had an altar call that evening. And, and people got healed. And people got filled with the Spirit. And that was all very quiet. But we're standing out on the great stone steps Sunday, the following morning. And, and people would come and very orderly and shaking hands. And, and, and people would lean up to me and they'd go, I was healed. <laughs> I walk on down and somebody say I spoke in tongues last night thank you I just said praise God thank you <laughs> I don't care where you are who your name is if you'll believe God and receive miracles will happen I thoroughly enjoyed it Keep reading. <laughs> the multitude rebuked them. They weren't happy about it. 
they should hold their peace, that they should shut up. But they cried the more. They said more and louder, have mercy on us, O Lord, thou son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, what will you that I shall do to you? They said to him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them. Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. God is love. Jesus' ministry is love in action. Amen? Get this. Love heals. I said love heals. They asked for mercy. We studied this uh, last week, didn't we? With the ten lepers. They asked for mercy. What did they get? Healing. We see it numerous times where people cried out, Have mercy on us, Lord. Have mercy on us. And what did they want? They wanted healing. Well, why didn't they ask for healing? Well, they asked for mercy. Not once did Jesus correct them and say, Well, I thought you want healing. You want healing? Why are you asking for mercy? No. They asked for mercy. They got healing. Why? Healing is a mercy. And God is the Father of mercies. Mercies, plural. There is saving mercy. There's forgiving mercy. There's cleansing mercy. There's healing mercy. Thank God there's provisional mercy. We talked about that last week. God will bail you out. Financially and materially. Even when you've messed yourself up. Can't even blame it on the devil. Just you being dumb. Even still. If you'll fall on your face and ask God to have mercy on you and forgive you. Mercy. See, you don't need mercy when you've done everything right. You need mercy when you've messed up. When if you, if you get what's coming to you, you're not going to come out well. <laughs> when people say, what did I ever do to deserve this? And the answer is lots. Plenty. You don't want to talk about what you deserve. You want to talk about how Jesus took what he didn't deserve in your and my place so we could get the good things we didn't deserve, but still get to enjoy them by mercy. You know, sometimes uh, people, uh, you know, God do something good for us, material or financial. They say, well, you know, y'all deserve it. Y'all have worked hard. I don't even like to hear that. I said, I don't even like to hear that. Someone said, well, if you worked hard, you deserve it. No, I don't deserve it. Why am I blessed? God is good. I said, God is good. He's gracious. You can't earn a healing. I've had, I had a lady one time in, uh, I guess it was Indiana. We were having a meeting there and she, she accosted us and, 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 and wrote this note. And then she said, you know, I don't understand. You know, my aunt was a wonderful woman, loved the Lord. Baked pies and cakes and visited sick people, you know. And why wouldn't the Lord heal her? And I said, well, what has her got, being a good woman got to do with her being healed? She looked at me like I'd slapped her. She said, well, she, she, I said, what has it got to do with it? What has being a good person got to do with being saved? Going to heaven. And nobody going to heaven because they're a good person. And ain't nobody in hell for a sin. There's no, I, there was a guy, you know, a, a, a fellow that was flying with me one time, 
and uh, he he was smoking and he was doing some other things and, and that he was kind of embarrassed about when he was around me. And and finally, I told him I, we were riding an elevator and I looked at him. He said, you know, he he pulled out a, a cigarette and, and you know and and he felt bad. He said, I'm sorry, and he put him back up. And I said, look, I said, ain't nobody in hell for smoking Marlboros. He said, yeah. I said, ain't nobody in hell for drinking Jack Daniels. I said, there's nobody in hell for stealing or killing. He looked at me like, I know you've lost your mind. Now. I mean, that's why people go to hell. No, nobody is in hell for that. People are in hell because they have refused Jesus. Jesus paid the price for lying and stealing and any vile thing or any wrong thing. He has already paid the price. Did you hear me? And I don't care how bad or vile a person is. If they'd receive Jesus and believe and receive their forgiveness and cleansing. They're not going to hell for those sins. So really those sins didn't put them there. The people that are in hell, those sins didn't put them there. It was their refusing Jesus. That's what put them there. And there's nobody in heaven because they live such a perfect life. And because they're so good. And because they're so wonderful. No. Now, you'll get rewards for doing good works, but no amount of good works can get you or I into heaven. Jesus had to buy it and pay for it and give it to us. And I'm going. How about you? I'm not going to hell. I'm not paying for any of my sins. Jesus already paid for them. I'm going to heaven. Anybody going with me? Oh, it's wonderful. You got to go. You got to go. You can't miss heaven. I'm going. I'm going. And I'm not going to be met at the pearly gates by St. Peter with a pair of balanced scales. And he's going to say, well, now let's see if Brother Keith had enough good works, more good works than he did bad. And if the good works outweigh the bad, then, ooh, sorry, if you'd have had a few more good works, you could have got again. But no, no, got to go down. Now, I doubt seriously if Peter's going to meet you at the gate at all. (laughs) And he's certainly not going to have any balanced scales. Jesus took all the sin. Hallelujah. He took the place of judgment. He's paid the price. And even if I hadn't done everything right, I'm going to heaven. Because he did. He did do everything right. Can you say amen? How come us to get into all that? But it's a fact. You know, people preach too much against sins. As, as sending people to hell. You know, they, pre- they preach against this habit and preach against that habit. No, get folk to Jesus. If they get saved and they begin to walk with God, they'll get stronger in their spirit. If it's not right for them to do it, let the Lord deal with them. Amen. And, you know, even if something's not right, sometimes people are just not at the place where they have the strength to deal with it at the moment. But if they'll keep walking with God, then they'll change. And get strong enough to where they can. You know, can any of you testify and say that years back you were doing some things and you didn't really see anything wrong with it? But then you grew some and you thought, oh, i got to quit doing that. That's not okay. But you didn't see it in the beginning. 
And, you know, the Lord doesn't show you everything at once. You understand, any one of us, the Lord could snatch us up and stand us beside the glorified Christ. And say, now you see him? And look at you. You'd go, oh God, just put me out of my misery right now. He's not trying to discourage us. So he'll show us a little bit. We'll walk and get closer to him and, and, and he'll... Recommend you and go, oh good, good, you're doing good, Keith. But you know, but there is this one thing over here I'd like for you to look at. And you go, okay, alright, well I'll look at that. And you get that fixed. And you say, oh glory to God, I got that, so we, we're probably about arrived now. He said, well that's great, you're doing good. But there are these two other things over here I'd like for you to look at. And you know, over, over a period of 20 years, you realize he's already showed you 835 things. And, and he ain't through showing you yet. But he didn't show it to you all at once. Now I learned a lesson. Be that way with other people. That was worth some folk coming tonight right there. Be that way with other people. Just because you see a fault or a problem does not mean you're supposed to put your finger on it and say, Hey, you got, you got a plank in your eye. You got some sawdust right there. No, it's not what you know. It's not what people need. It's what are they able to receive. And the Holy Ghost knows that and he'll show you. And I haven't read my second text yet. <laughs> Mark 10. Well, the Lord knows what's the best for us right now. Mark 10 and 46. Same uh, healings, different account. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus. Now somebody said, well, hold up. I thought Matthew said two blind men. It did. And then as we go to Luke 18, we'll see the same thing. Somebody said, well, I, and you even get some so-called scholars that jump on things like this and say, well, now see there, there's an error. How can you trust that book? And there's errors in it. There are no errors in this book. They're just people that don't understand stuff. There's a lot of things. You know, when you think you found a mistake, you just found something else you don't know. <laughs> it's a fact. Watch and see. Because when you learn some things and grow, you think, oh, okay, all right. I just didn't see that right. <laughs> Brother Hagen said in one of the visions, Brother Kenneth Hagen, he said, the Lord had told him something. He said, now Lord, that upends my theology. That's different from anything I've ever read or preached or heard preached. He said, I've read the New Testament 150 times and more. And if there's anything in there like that, I don't know it. He said, the Lord smiled and said, son, there's a lot in there you don't know. <laughs> and sure enough, he showed him where it was at in Scripture. But no, the Scripture didn't say there was only one blind man. There was a blind man. There was uh, two blind men. Is that a contradiction? Yes, no. If it had said there's only one blind man, and then it said two, well, then you'd had a difficult time with it. But it may be like when your wife goes shopping. <laughs> and she bought a dress. Well, great. And then later you find out there was some shoes. That went with the dress. And then later you find out there was a purse. 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, it depends on, on what side you're talking about. So, so keep reading. He didn't say only one man, but apparently this was one of the blind men, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, set by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him. See, not just two or three, a bunch of folk started yelling at him and saying, shut up. Be still, hold hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Son of David, have mercy on me. And that's why we're reading about it. And Jesus stood still. Oh, thank God. And commanded him to be called. And they called, they, they, the same people that a few minutes ago was... <laughs> Telling him to shut up. They called the blind men and they said, yeah, yeah, that's all right. Be of good comfort. Get up now. He's calling you. Don't wait. Gotta get up and go on over there. People are fickle. Have you ever found that out? Reading in the book of Acts. I mean, Paul and his company had come in and one day he's doing everything he can do to keep them from worshiping him. Not much later, they're stoning him. So, so, so beware. And don't put much stock into it. But you know, brother, uh, Lester Sumrall, who's going home to be with the Lord, he said as a young minister, he said this lady came up to him after a service one time, and she said, oh, oh, brother Sumrall, oh, my Lord, never heard such preaching like that. Oh, the revelation. Oh, the, the anointing. Oh, and so she just went on and on and on. And he, he's really young and green, and he left there, he's thinking, man, glory to God, he said, she never heard anybody preach like that. Never heard such a... And uh, it was a conference and somebody else was speaking the next day and he happened to come by and this lady's with the pulpit and she's, she's telling this other person. She said, I never heard such a uh, message. I never heard such revelation, such power. He said, oh, you know, and he walked on. Don't put too much stock in what people are telling you. And if you're not too much moved by the good they tell you, you wouldn't be too much moved by the bad. It's printed either. You just are built on something else. Amen. Amen. You're standing established on something else. And uh, I, I had a, a lady one time, well, actually, not that long ago, call me. She said, oh, the Lord's, you know, he's dealt with me. I'm going to send all this money to the ministry. I mean, huge amounts of money. And then she said, you didn't seem too excited about that. I said, well, praise God. I'm, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do all that. I said, great, good, wonderful. Well, you didn't seem, he didn't seem excited. She told somebody else, he just didn't seem excited. <laughs> well, she ain't done it yet. <laughs> I, I didn't start in the ministry yesterday. And, and I, and I've had a lot of people come by and say, you know, oh, God's told me to hook up with you. Oh man, I'm gonna help. I'm gonna pray. I mean, man, me and, me and you, I'm your armor bearer, man. I'm here. Through thick and thin, I'm here. I said, great. Glory. They said, no, you don't understand. I've heard from God. I said, yeah, I understand. This is talk. Tomorrow, there'll be doing. Or there won't be. Did you hear me? A lot of people talk a big talk. But when the days turn into weeks, and the weeks turn into months, some way or another, the thrill is gone. 
and the fire fades. I, I'm, I, don't, you, don't you misunderstand me? I'm ready to believe it. But some things you just won't see and know till it's walked out. Right? Yeah, people tell you some big thing. Great. Yeah, good. Let's do it. Let's do it. But if I didn't just do cartwheels and, and scream, don't get offended. Just show me. Get to doing it. Amen. Demonstrate it. And you'll find this, that people that have some maturity, they do a lot more doing and less talking. You'll find this, if you do a lot of doing, a lot of things are not necessary to say. You don't have to tell people, I'm faithful, Brother Keith, I'm faithful. When you're there every time, and, and, and your money's there every time, and you're always there, unnecessary. Everybody knows it. I know it. Everybody around knows it. Right? But you got to believe me, Brother Keith, I'm faithful. Well, no, we don't have to believe you. Show us. Demonstrate it. Amen. And that's not in the notes either. They said, uh, be of good comfort. Get up now. He's calling you. And he, casting away his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. Jesus answered and said to him, what will thou that I should do to you? The blind man said to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Have we heard that before? Your faith has made you whole. Now we've been studying, and if you, I hope you've been taking some notes. Because we're not only talking about receiving healing, we're talking about ministering healing. And we've already told you, we're, we're, we are, are, and we're going to be developing healing teams. And one of the first things we want to know is, do you know anything about healing? Right? Before we send you out to pray for somebody and minister to somebody, and one thing we'd like that make us feel better immediately is if you were in all of the Friday night Amen. healing meetings and, and, and could quote all the scriptures. Wonderful. Amen. <laughs> or at least knew some of them. I'm joking about that. But let me remind you, we've studied 19. And of those 19, we have seen 15, 15. Of the 19 was faith initiated. Only four of the 19 was Holy Ghost initiated. Sometimes people talk about, well, what's the biggest thing? Is the person that should be healed? Is their faith the biggest deal? Is the preacher's faith the biggest deal? What's the biggest deal? Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Both are factors. And the move of the Spirit is a factor. It's not an either-or situation. In studying the ministry of Jesus, we see that he ministered both ways. He ministered to people where their faith initiated the healing. And then where the Spirit of God led him to people, and he ministered, and their faith was not even mentioned. And then a combination where he ministered to somebody, it was faith initiated, but then faith follow-through. Spirit initiated, faith follow-through. And so the uh, the leper, his faith was the issue. Peter's wife's mother, uh, the faith we saw in their actions. The man born by four said he saw their faith. The nobleman's son, he believed the word, his faith. The man with the withered hand, he acted on Jesus' command, faith in action. The centurion's servant, he said, I hadn't found so great faith not in Israel. Jairus' daughter, don't be afraid, only believe. Faith, woman with the issue of blood, your faith 
has made you whole. The two blind men, you believe I'm able to do this? And they did. Syrophoenician's daughter, he said, great is your faith. Are we hearing some a recurring theme here? Faith. So y'all, you know, faith, faith, faith. Why y'all talk about faith so much? Well, here is why. We keep reading about it in the Bible. Faith, faith. The deaf with the impediment of speech impediment. Their faith was revealed in action. Blind man at Bethesda, faith in action. Man's lunatic son, if you can believe all things are possible, faith. Now the man born blind, the Holy Ghost led Jesus to him, spirit initiated, told him to get up and go. The man followed through with faith, spirit initiated. Uh, the man at the pool of Bethesda in John 5, spirit initiated. Man with the dropsy, spirit initiated. Woman with the spirit of infirmity, spirit initiated. Last week, the ten lepers, faith. And tonight, what? Blind Bartimaeus, go your way. Your faith has made you. Who initiated this? Now see, Jesus didn't initiate this. Right? Bartimaeus, or the two blind men, or ever how many blind men it was, initiated it. Now let's go to the next passage, and, and before I get ahead of myself here. Jesus said, your faith made you whole. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Go to Luke 18. And let's uh, begin, at least, to finish this. Luke 1835, it came to pass that he, Jesus, was come near unto Jericho, a certain blind man, sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. So he's blind, he doesn't see what's going on, but he hears this, one translation said, immense crowd. He hears all this commotion. And so he asked somebody, what's going on? What is that? And what they tell him? They told him that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by. And immediately he responded by crying aloud, calling Jesus by name, asking him, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now let's just stop right here. Before we read further and see Jesus tell him his faith made him whole, we know he has faith. We just stop right here. Why? How do we know he has faith? Why would he do this? Why wouldn't he just sit there till the crowd passed? Why does he cry out? Why does he call out? How many remember numerous times the scripture said, everybody that calls on the name of the Lord. Everybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Why would you call? Well, we referred to it. Just turn to it. Hold your place there and go to Romans 10 real quickly. We, we referred to it, quoted part of it a few minutes ago. Romans 10. I like it. Romans 10, verse 11. The scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be ashamed. There's no difference between Jew and Greek. The same Lord over all is rich. Rich. God is a rich God. Yes, he is. 
rich unto all that would do what? That do what? What was this man or these blind men? What were they doing? They called on him. Didn't they call on him? Did they call for something? They wanted something. They called for him to have mercy on them. And we've already seen and proven that one manifestation of mercy is healing mercy. They called on the Lord to manifest healing mercy to him. They called on him. I said to you, if we just stop right there, we know they had faith. Why? Because if they hadn't had faith, they wouldn't have called. Now this proves it. The rest of this passage proves it. Whoever call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? It's a question. What's the answer? They wouldn't have called if they didn't believe. Keep reading. How shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? Now let's just stop right there. Had these men heard about Jesus? Had to have heard about Jesus. Right? Why would they get all excited? If they didn't know Jesus from John or Bob or Tom, they, nothing would have changed. But when they're sitting there and, and said, what, what's going on? What's going on? We can't see. What's all this commotion? They said, you know, that, that Jesus is coming through. He and his bunch. And when they heard that, they got excited. Why? They must have heard that Jesus is going about doing good and healing all that are oppressed of the devil, for God is with him. They must have heard. They must have heard about the woman with the issue of blood. They must have heard about the man with the withered hand. They must have heard. Must have heard. Because when they heard, it's Jesus. They go, oh, 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 oh. Jesus! Over here! Jesus! I know they have faith. They would not have done that if they had no faith. Now, friend, don't hear this like you've heard it before. Don't hear it like you know all of this already. Get this. This applies to you somewhere right now today. I said this applies to you and to me somewhere right now today. If you have faith, you call out. You reach out. You step out. What if you don't have faith? You don't do anything. You don't call. I've got a big question to ask you here. This says just a little bit later. You can leave your place in Romans. Go back to Luke. Just a little bit later here. It says, you know, while they were calling on him. We've already read it twice. That Jesus stopped. Didn't he? Jesus is traveling. He's walking. They're moving. Great crowd of people. And at some point, Jesus stopped. Didn't he? Bible said so. He stopped. Why did he stop? He stopped because they called. Is, is this right? He heard them calling on him. And not only did he hear him, he must have heard something other than just noise. What did he hear? He heard faith. No question about it. No question about it. He's the one who turns around at the end and tells them it was the faith. Would this have happened if they had not called? Can we presume or assume some way or another that if they hadn't called, that Jesus would have sought them out individually and got them healed? 
The answer is no. This is a big issue, friend. If they hadn't called, can we assume that they wouldn't have been healed? The answer is yes. You got to think on this so much. The reason I say it so pointedly is because we still are having to, to get our minds renewed. There are vestiges of unbelief that's been fed to the church for centuries in this area. And people have not fully embraced or fully heard. People reading here, your faith made you whole. But some way or another they think, well, yeah, but you know, no, that was Jesus. And, and, and he healed them. Because he was there and Jesus was there and they were there. No, Jesus didn't say you're healed because I'm Jesus. He didn't say you're healed because the Son of God came by. He didn't say you're healed because of this awesome anointing on me. He didn't say the power on me made you whole. He could have said it if he wanted to. He didn't say my faith healed you. He could have said that if he wanted to. What did he say? Your, would it be too far to say that Jesus would have said, your faith stopped me. Your faith got my attention. Your faith caused me to minister to you today. What if they hadn't had faith? What if they hadn't believed? What if they hadn't called? Would he have walked on by? The answer is yes. I said the answer is yes. And if you don't believe that, You better get in this book and get this figured out. Don't take my word for it. If you think, well, no, 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 they'd have been healed anyway because it was the will of God to heal them wrong. No. They would not have been healed anyway. Did you hear me? Why did they call? I said, this applies to every one of us somewhere. Go back to Romans. You have to watch at this stage of things. You'll, you'll try to move too fast. Romans 10. Are you, are you back there? Whoever, verse 13, will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. What if they don't call? What if people don't call on the name of the Lord? What if they hear the gospel? They, they hear the good news message. They see it. They're in services, but they won't call. Will they be saved anyway? No, they won't. Then why would we presume that lesser things, like a healing of the body, would happen automatically? Well, they won't. But then all these things don't happen, and people go and try to preach that somewhere or another it was God's will for it not to happen. Well, you could equally say that people who didn't call on the name of the Lord and didn't get saved was the will of God not to get saved. Well, it certainly was not. It's not his will that any should perish. And did you notice it didn't just say not his will that any should go to hell. Not his will that any should perish. I believe that means in any area. Perish spiritually. Perish physically. Perish financially. It's just not his will that any of us perish any way. It's His will that we flourish. Amen. Amen. Not perish. He said, 
How will they call in him in whom they have not believed? What's the answer to that? They won't. They won't. Now here's the thing. And and the Lord dealt with me about this this afternoon late. And there's some people in here tonight. uh, This applies to all of us in a measure. But some people especially. I mean this is something you, you ought to get and get it etched in your heart. Unbelief won't call on the Lord. Unbelief won't call. Unbelief sits and says to itself, there's no use. There's no use. That phrase, the Holy Ghost emphasizes tonight for there are people here that have said that. It's no use. And as long as you say that, there can be no deliverance for you. There can be no healing for you. You won't call. You believe it's hopeless. And it doesn't have to be healing. It can be in any area of life. It can be with a relationship. It can be with your finances. It can be with your business. It can be with your ministry. And if people, you know, if they, if they had sat there, and especially when the people said, now y'all be quiet, be quiet. What are they telling them? Why would they tell them to be quiet? Aren't they telling them, there's no use. There's no use in you doing this. You're just making a a scene. Are are they not telling them, there's no use? I'm telling you, I've heard from the Holy Ghost on this tonight. This phrase, he's saying, this is the devil. This is the confusion. This is the thing that is holding people back. Because they believe it, they've even said it. Well, I don't see any use. Why get up and go? Do you know that's how people wind up? Many times in the gutter, hugging a bottle of wine. Why? Because they got to the place where, why get up and go to work? What's the use? I mean, the government's going to get this. And my ex-wife's going to get that. And so and so, I mean, I'm going in the hole. What's the use? And people get to the place where they quit trying. Husbands and wives get to the place where they quit trying. They haven't been husbands and wives in years and years. They're roommates. They don't like each other much. They quit trying. Why? You even hear people say about, why don't you do that with it? Well, what's the use? Friend, these are death words. This death to relationships, death to finances, and can be physical death. When they're all yelling at them and hollering at them, shut up. What are they saying? Why do that? There's no reason to do that. But they believe there was a reason. (laughs) They believe there was some use. They believed what they heard about Jesus. They believed other people got healed. They believed blind eyes can see again. It is possible. And here's somebody that knows something about it. And they believed he would take time with them. They believed they could receive. They believed there was use. So they reached out. They cried out. They called out. Why? Because they had faith. Their faith caused them to reach out, to continue to try, to reach out and continue to put forth effort. There's been numerous things in our life where it looked like there's no use. No, no, no need riding a dead horse now. 
This pony died yesterday. <laughs> There's no need to keep going this way. You can see, you know, but if you've heard from God and if you believe, you'll keep getting up and going on. You'll keep getting up and saying it again. You'll keep getting up. They ran the test again. Oh, we're sorry. It's worse than it was last time we looked. And the devil will come and say, what's the use? Making all these confessions, going to church, staying there and hearing them long-winded preachers. What's the use? What is the use? Do you hear me, friend? That is devil talk. That is death talk. That is failure. What's the use? People say that about relationships. Well, what's the use? I can't get ahead here. They don't know me. They don't appreciate me. They don't appreciate my gift. What's the use? Why? What's the use? What am I doing here? What's the use? Friend, if the Lord told you to be there, there's a lot of use. There's a lot of reason. But you've got to get up and have some faith. You've got to believe there's some use and call on the Lord. Call on His name. Call on the Word. Call the money to come in. Call the victory. Call the healing. Call it. What's the use? A lot of use. They believed there was some use. When people said, shh, 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 shut up, shut up. They said, Jesus! Son of David, come have mercy on us. They said, shut up. They said, Jesus! Why do that? Why tear off the roof? Why press through the crowd? Amen. Amen. Why take your last two mites and go throw it in the offering plate? Why? Because there's some use. And everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's rich. Mercy and grace and goodness to all that call on Him. Hallelujah. That was the punchline. Did you get it? That was the punchline. Keep reading. Let's finish up. They told Him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. And He cried, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked Him that He should hold His peace. But He cried so much the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood. Remember the question? What if he hadn't called? What if he hadn't called? Jesus stood. He stopped. He commanded him to be brought to him. If he hadn't called, Jesus wouldn't have stopped. Then it went on being blind. And it wouldn't have been the Lord's fault. The Lord Jesus didn't initiate this healing. If that sounds strange to you, study it out till you get it solved. Don't take my word for it and don't get aggravated at me if you think I'm wrong. It's not between me and you. It's between you and God. Right? And you're not obligated to believe anything I say. Unless I say the word. And if it's the word, then, then believe that. If he hadn't have called, Jesus wouldn't have stopped. They would have went on being blind. But he stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he was come near, he asked him. Now now get this. This is very significant here. He asked him, what will you that I shall do to you? Isn't that obvious? You got blind people calling. Help us out. Have mercy on us. And Jesus said, 
Wait up. Who's that calling? I see these blind men over here. Have them come over here. So they got them up. They brought them over here. Had to be led over, you understand. And he looks at them. And he says, what is it you want? That should be obvious, shouldn't it? No, friend, listen, listen. Legalities of faith. Jesus didn't tell them what to believe for. They had to tell him. Oh, friends, are you getting this now? Are you getting this? You don't see Jesus going around saying, you should ask me for this. (laughs) You should really believe me for this. No, they have to ask him. We just got into another seminar right there, didn't we? Jesus didn't tell him what to believe for. Did you get this? He wants him to tell him. I know one day praying about money. I'm in the floor praying about the money for the ministry. Bills are getting bigger and bigger. And we've we got to have more money coming in to take care of all that. And uh, this was years ago. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, how much should I believe for? I'm asking him to tell me. I said, Lord, how much should I believe? What, what should I believe for? And he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but inside me. He said, son, it's not up to me. Now, see, this is what bothers some traditionally minded folk. I mean, they, they have a major problem with this. But don't look at me and get aggravated if you don't like it. Prove me wrong. Get in the book. Prove to me that these men would have been healed anyway if they hadn't have called out. Prove this to me, and we got we got something to talk about. He said, son, it's not up to me. He said, I could make you a multi-trillionaire before the sun sets today. Could he? Without making a phone call, he could. Could he? Somebody said, man, I wish he would. It don't come by wishing. He said, it's not up to what I can do. It's not. See, he did. Jesus didn't look at people and say, according to my ability, according to my power. What did he say? According to your faith. He said, son, it's not up to what I can do. It's according to what you can believe. What can you believe for? You've got to operate where you are. What is real to you? What do you have confidence? You can confidently expect this to happen for you. Maybe you're wanting to get out of debt. You owe a bunch of money. Well, let's just claim everything. Well, no. The the way the Lord led Phyllis and I, I know what we did. I remember it distinctly. We put our faith together on the Sears bill. We ganged up on that Sears bill. Man, you can pay for a washing machine for a hundred years with some of these things. I mean, and we... We had been paying for some stuff ever since we'd been married. It was pitiful. I mean, 22% interest or whatever it was, crazy, you know, on and on and on and on. I mean, you can pay $25 a month forever. But we put our faith on the Sears bill. We said, watch out, watch out, Sears bill. You're going away. We put our faith. Now, we had a lot of other stuff, but we didn't even look at it right now. We don't want to overwhelm. See, the devil practices what I call the pile-up technique. 
supposed to pile up stuff in such a big pile that you look at it and go, oh God, I can't believe for that. But you could take a piece of it. Don't look at all of it. Take a piece of it. We ganged up on that Sears bill and buddy, we knocked that thing out. God helped us knock that thing out. Wasn't long. And then we paid off something else. And we paid off something. And see, every time you get a victory, it encourages you. And you get stirred up. And what used to seem big don't seem as big to you. Amen. 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 He said, what do you want? See, he had to tell him. What do you want me to do for you? Another translation said. And notice what, what the man said. Lord, that I may receive my sight. Then what was Jesus able to minister to him? Okay, now I know that's what you asked, but you need some more things beyond that. So I'm going to minister to you a healing of your eyes and deliver you from some arthritis there and some uh, inflammation there. And I'm going to make you rich, put some money in your pocket and help you out with your family because you, you need all this. No, no. What did he minister back to him? And Jesus said to him, what? Exactly what he told him. Did you get this? Exactly what he told him he wanted. Lord, I want to receive my sight. He said, well, receive your sight. Your faith has saved you and immediately what happened? He received it. Do you see this? Do you see this? Jesus said, tell me what you want. He said, I want to receive my sight. He said, receive your sight. No more, no less. Why? Because he's receiving according to his faith. Not according to the ability of God. Not according to the omnipotence of God. Not even according to the perfect will of God. But according to his faith to receive. Brother Kenneth Hagin said years ago he uh, ministered to a lady. She was deaf in one ear. And it took him a while to help her to see it. But he ministered to her. She received healing in that deaf ear. Could hear a watch tick. And when she got ready to go, she reached over and got her walker. And she started with her walker back up the, you know, back out the aisle. And, and Brother Hagen called to her. He said, uh, uh, excuse me, excuse me. She said, yeah, yeah. She's happy. She's been healed of a deaf ear. He said, uh, is there anything else? She said, uh, what? He said, do you want anything else? She said, huh? He said, the walker. The what would you? She said, she said, oh, she said, I can make it with that. But I had to, I got to be able to hear, she said. <laughs> and she went on, well, well what, do you try to minister to somebody anyway? No, because no, you, you can't just, God himself doesn't just push things off on you. We receive according to our faith. That's why he asked the man, tell me what you want. Tell me what you're believing for. And then he ministered to him exactly what the man said he was believing for. I want to receive my sight. He said, receive your sight. And he received his sight. Amen. Three phrases. If you look up the Greek words, they're identical. I want to receive my sight. Receive your sight. So he received his sight. Sounds real simple, isn't it? It is when God's doing it. If you had to heal blind eyes, it'd be a tough deal. But when all you've got to do is believe it. And God does the hard part. It's real easy. You don't have to figure out how God can get that cancer out of your body. You don't have to figure out how He can make the tumor and growth go away. You don't have to figure out any of that. Just believe it. Just believe it. 
Just believe it and say, oh, it's easy for God. Easy. It's easy for Him. I believe it. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.